Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Freeman Means Business, Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our show, we love to amplify the voices of women's stories that are moving and compelling. I'm super excited to introduce to you today, Manisha Aurora. Manisha, welcome to the show. Hi, Susan. Thanks so much for having me on today. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I love that you're excited to be here and I can totally tell when my guests are um, nervous or excited or happy or sometimes bored, (laughs) you know, I mean, you can, I really read people through these conversations and the beauty of this show is it is just that it's a conversation. It's just two women having a a wonderful, um, you know, get to know each other kind of chat. So let's get on with that. Uh, Tell a little bit about yourself to my audience. Sure. Um, I work as a director at ServiceNow. Uh, We're the fastest growing enterprise software company, and we build solutions that help our customers digitize processes and provide workflows that underpin their experiences. But my my path to get here was unconventional and a little, a little weird. I studied liberal arts in college. My parents really, really wanted me to be a doctor. Like they really wanted it. My mom thought I should be a pharmacist. My dad wanted me to be a doctor. But, you know, I I was a teenager and I totally rebelled. So I'm like, how far can I get away from this? Liberal arts it is. Um, I picked religious studies. It wasn't about the theology so much for me, but the history and culture. I'm fascinated about where our beliefs and values come from and how they were influenced. It ended up being a really great major for me because it helps me understand people. And most of what I do today is all around bringing people together and having the ability to understand where they're coming from has helped me in my career. Why don't you tell us how it's helped you in your career? So a lot of the people I work with are from all over the world. And a lot of the technical people I work with are super smart at writing code, but sometimes they have a hard time talking to each other. And I think that's my my X factor. I bring people together and I can understand what their background is, what motivates them. And so I'm able to create these virtual teams that give everyone a win-win scenario. But nice. So you seem to have the gift of listening with empathy. I, I would like to think so, yes. Awesome. That's a great gift that more people need to have. So hopefully um, a show like this one and your leading by example will share that that's, that's a leadership trait, you know, emotional quotient, right? EQ is very much a transformational leadership trait. Yeah, so and I think us- it's interesting because it can be learned, right? Yeah. A lot of people, I, there's some fantastic people who have it naturally, but I learned it. Well, tell us how you learned it. What what made you, you know, who you are today? Well, like I said, it started with my major and just understanding where people come from and how their history affects how they act and, and show up in the world today. But then in the working world, I started as an intern at Microsoft. Well, actually, let me back up. So it turns out you can't open the newspaper and see philosopher for hire very often. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) So I I was at least smart. I wasn't smart enough to listen to my parents, but I was smart enough to listen to my friends. Oh, they're going to love to hear you say that when they hear this. (laughs) Oh, yeah. They I've been pretty clear with them. They I, I know I wish I'd have listened to them in the past, but that's not what kids do. Right. Right. So, but I did listen to my friends and my friends suggested that I should maybe take some business classes, maybe see what else is out there. 
And I ended up going on over a hundred interviews before I got my first internship, but it just happened to be with Microsoft. And I'd never been out to the uh, Seattle area. I grew up in Minnesota, packed up my bag and showed up one day and just kind of hope for the best with a map. And I, I love it here. I love I love this story. <laughs> like this I said, it was great. a little unconventional. Um, so I showed up in Seattle. I found this incredible group of people at Microsoft that were from all different parts of the world. And we were all thrown into a room and said, here, go run towards this goal. And everyone had their own little bit to play. And one of the things that I thought I could bring to the table was helping people understand each other's languages. I mean, yes, we all spoke English, but we all- I get our, you. I you love I mean? that. Yeah, so I was that translator. That's so awesome. I want to say really quickly that um, in the work that I do, we talk about, you know, culturally or even, uh, you know, men and women communicating differently. And I liken myself to United Nations simultaneous translator. So I hear you, right? I get you. <laughs> or, or the Babelfish. There you go. <laughs> That's even sexier. Yes, I love it. That's awesome. It's much needed, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. And, and that brings me to what I do today. So I actually work in the innovation office here at ServiceNow. And it's my team's job to work with our strategic technology partners to build integrations and solutions between our platforms. So that's helping big companies like Microsoft and Amazon and Google understand what ServiceNow does and what our mutual customers need from us so that we're not just in our silos trying to sell our own product. We're trying to control. I have to say, you, the analogy is not lost on you, is it? The fact that you personify that, which ServiceNow does. We just talked about being the connector, the ombudsman, yeah. the simultaneous interpreter. Um, that's ServiceNow to these other companies and, and their customers. I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah, <laughs> what a beautiful parallel. Nice. And the other thing I was going to share with you and how you and I met is I'm on the board of directors for a wonderful nonprofit called Ignite Worldwide. So we're, we're a nonprofit focused on STEM education for girls in underserved communities. And our goal is to encourage girls and non-binary students to pursue high-tech, high-wage careers. We do that by providing courses, field trips, and connections to women in STEM during the school day, which is something that sets us apart from, uh, from everyone else. I do love that group. I um, know you from the board. I too am on that. I believe in Kathy Rajveller and her mission there. She is synonymous with Ignite Worldwide and has done remarkable work. So I like you and proud to, to lift them up and give a hand. I know you have been doing this far longer than I, so bravo for your commitment and thank you. Yeah, it's been, it's been amazing to just get to know the girls and the teachers and they inspire me. Well, nice. That's a perfect segue to my next question. Have you had someone who has been a mentor or an inspiration or maybe a sponsor? You know, I can't choose just one, but honestly, my husband has been super influential in my life. Nice. Uh, I met him when I was still in high school and I was taking college classes at the University of Minnesota, and he was just starting out there as well. Uh, he, he is a natural techie. I'm a Luddite. Um, he currently works for Microsoft as well. The honest truth was he was the one who helped me create that backup plan. After I 
he was super supportive of me dropping pre-med and going into liberal arts, but because he was in the business school, he's like, hey, you should take ch check out some of these classes. Um, my dad is an entrepreneur and small business owner. Nice. And so I'd always helped him and I always found it interesting. So my now husband was like, just take some classes. So I took some classes and I ended up minoring in information systems management. Wow, that's awesome. What a great combination. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you about that because um, it sounds to me like your husband has been, you know, super supportive, your, your business partner as well as your, you know, personal partner. Has he, do, do you consider him an ally in our fight for equity in the workplace? Absolutely. So he has um, grown and uh, managed new in career talent for a very long time at, at Microsoft. And he always went out of his way to make sure he was doing uh, his bit for diverse hiring, for growing uh, talent, and for making sure that everyone had a voice at the table. So we used to work in buildings next to each other. I used to go hang out there in the evenings because I was a program manager and his dev team loved to work evenings. They always had food. So I used, yeah. to, go to, oh, yeah. I used to go for the pizza. <laughs> Um, but it was awesome to see him give space to diverse voices and to really grow people who, um, who are from these different backgrounds. And, it, and, and maybe it's because he, he's also coming from, from that background. Both of us are Indian American and we grew up in Minnesota. So we kind of know what it's like to be in the minority. Yeah. I, you know, Manisha, you're an amazing guest. I love this. Um, I do these podcasts with women whose stories are amazing and yours is amazing. I also have male allies on the show. So if sometime in 2021, your husband would be uh, interested in being a guest, I'd love to have him on as an ally. Oh, absolutely. And he is, he's always there to help people. He's, he even helps me with Ignite all the time. So nice, nice. Oh, I bet Kathy loves having a twofer. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's a two for one deal here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I, I thought you were very compelling when I heard you on the board call, introduce yourself and, and say why, you know, you, who you are and why you're uh, helping out with Ignite. And so I thought she would be a fascinating guest and you certainly are. Um, it sounds like everything has gone your way, but we know that doesn't always happen. <laughs> it's not always a, you know, bed of roses. Can you tell us a challenge or setback you had and how did you overcome it? That's a, that's a good question. Um, one, of the, one of the things that I think about when I reflect on my career is I, I used to always go and chase the really fun projects, the really interesting products. And I didn't think as much as I talked about the relationships, I didn't think as much about picking a good manager. And I ended up with, let's be honest, a crappy manager. Yeah, manager we've played, all had them. We've all had them, right? This one played favorites. I did twice the work as my peer yeah. and he got all the promotions. And the biggest mistake I met was I waited too long to leave. Same here. I, I kept trying to make it work and I kept not seeing the writing on the wall. And, and then I just got to a point where finally, when I did make a move, it ended up being the right one. But sometimes running away is the right I, I option, as long as you're running towards the right thing. But it you was know, I have to say, I went through the same thing later in my career. And I had 
submitted, a, um, well, I had talked to the people who were at the highest echelons to say, this is just not for me. And they begged me to stay. So I stayed way too long, a year and three months into it. I finally left and then I found a resignation letter on my laptop from three months into the job. Wow. Lesson <laughs> learned. I should have gone, you know, like what you're saying, sometimes leaving is the right thing to do. No kidding. But now I know that I interview for management and team culture just as much as the job itself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. Um, in fact, I think that, that I don't know how old you are or what generational bracket you fit in or any of that, but I will say that more and more people are caring more about being happy at work than making millions, right? So um, it, there's a balance to be struck. You know, they really are. And I've been thinking about that a lot. I became a manager a few years ago and the team that I have now is the happiest, healthiest team I've ever been on. So we spend a lot of time introspecting and then sharing what makes our team special with other people in hopes that they can adopt some of the same practices we have. Because seriously, I've never been so happy to go to work in a high functioning team before. Oh, I love that. That's so but, great. And you know what? The best part of it is we deliver better results because of it. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. What a happy story. Um, this is great. And, you know, I often feel like, um, you know, when I ask women about their challenges and setbacks and how they overcame them, some don't want to answer and that's fine, but others answer and say, oh, I haven't had any. And I feel like that's just, they're just not ready to share their story. So Fair that's enough. okay too. Um, let me ask you this. Um, I didn't know you well before this show, and I hope to continue to get to know you so that I can one day say I do know you well. Why don't you tell my audience something that's surprising about you uh, that, of course, I don't know either because we haven't yet met? I'll tell you about one of my passions. So I started playing the violin when I was five years old. Back in the day when public schools were properly funded with music education, they taught kindergartners how to play violin. And so I'm a classically trained violinist and it's, it's my passion uh, outside of work. So I, I grew up playing, I played through school. My, my high school orchestra even got to play at Carnegie Hall. And I have to wow. say that's like best, one of the best things that ever happened to me. It was Amazing. so exciting. Oh my gosh, you're such a fascinating multifaceted person. I can't wait to meet you in person. But here's uh, the funny part, by the way. Tell me. Classically trained. But I grew up in Minnesota, so I love to fiddle and I love to play movie music. Oh, how nice. So tell me a bit about the discipline, um, the difference between fiddling and violin playing. <laughs> so when I learned to play the violin, we used the Suzuki method, which is a Japanese method of teaching very young children how to play the violin. You can actually start them at like age two. My son is almost two and I got him a teeny tiny violin and I'm teaching him how to play. And it's Got to be the fun. That is so beautiful. Uh, what a bonding experience, a memorable bonding experience. You'll have that forever. I is. love that. It is. And that classical training is all about discipline and focus and understanding the structure of the music. Playing the pops and the fiddle stuff is all about feeling it. It's incredibly different from that perspective. But the two things that they have in common is that Suzuki method of teaching and the fiddle music are both done by ear training. So I didn't learn to read music until 
almost fifth or sixth grade. It was all through ear. That's amazing. I love that you're you're creating um, positive memories for yourself and your family, your son. Um, this is going to be something. I mean, like my family was very musical, but they allowed me to quit too easily, too quickly, right? So when the piano got to be boring or I didn't want to do the work or I wasn't doing as well as I thought I should be, I quit and they allowed for that. And I kind of wish they had encouraged me to stick through the tough stuff because that's when you're better or different or accomplished, right? Anybody can quit when it gets hard. Um, Absolutely. But if you push through the hard parts, then you can say you're really good at something or you're very dedicated to something or committed. To be, to be fair, my parents let me quit almost everything else. The, the beauty of the Suzuki method is it's parent-led and parent-involved. Up until third or fourth grade, they go to every class with you. So they're invested. And so, wow. so I wasn't doing it by myself. So even though um, you were so fortunate to come from a musical family, um, my family isn't musical, but they became musical. Oh, how amazing. And the commitment from someone who hasn't you know, tasted that is really, that's, that's rare, right? So it is, it is, which in the inverse is shocking that my family let me quit so easily since they were also musically inclined. I mean, the my grand... would let me quit every single sport that I tried and didn't like. <laughs> I get that. I totally get that. <laughs> well, let me ask you, this is a part of the show that's rather new. Um, I never prepare my guests for this question. It's called the wild card question. <laughs> And I don't even know what the question is. So if you're game, I will pull a question out of 144 questions that I have in a box sitting on my desk. Um, if you're not, that's fine too. But if you are, let me know and we'll, we'll play the wild card question. Sure, let's do it. Awesome. All right, I have this little box of these wonderful questions. Some are um, deeper than others. Oh, this is a great question That's I, I've never pulled this before. Um, what was your first thought when you woke up this morning? Oh man. Oh, I, um, I was thinking about cars. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Why so? Well, I, I think I must've had a dream about cars, but I, oh no, I did have a dream about driving a very fast sports car. Nice. Um, <laughs> and my, my son loves cars. He's too, right? So he's obsessed with vehicles. And so he woke up spelling the word car. I'm like, this is funny. What a genius. <laughs> genius, obsessed with cars and letters. Close enough. I love that question. So I have 144 questions. I've never, ever pulled that question before. What a great job. Good, good answer. And how nice well, that you're so close to your family, your child. Well, hang on. Hang on. What was your first thought this morning? Oh my gosh, my first thought this morning was, have I overslept? What time is my first meeting? <laughs> you know why? Because I got up at two in the morning and did some work until about four. And that threw me off my sleep cycle. So I was worried that I might have overslept. And, uh, but I need to, to be better about, you know, carving out time and not working in the middle of the morning and night and, um, so that I can get into a healthier sleep cycle. But that was my first thought. Oh my God, am I late? What am I going to miss? Um, Fair enough. Yeah. So you're actually my last podcast for a while. I am taking um, not time off, um, you know, to 
to, you know, do anything spectacular, but just to care for self and to focus on family. Yes. Yes. Um, my son came home for the holiday and we're going to enjoy just the three of us in the house together for the holiday. So you have been a delightful little holiday present in my life. And I hope we continue to connect and I would like to have a follow-up phone conversation with you. And maybe next year, your husband would like to be a guest on the show. For sure. And I look forward to working with you with Ignite. You bet. Let's never forget that. That was my charity of choice this year. So I've already done my good deed in that way. Um, I will continue to offer. um, Oh gosh, I just had a great idea. I offer them classes that they teach the kids, right? They teach the young girls, um, like public speaking for future leaders or creating a corporate culture, or um, I might have you as a guest speaker. That would be know all about culture. That would be amazing. I'd love to work with you on something like that. Wonderful. I'll tell Kathy and maybe in 2021, she and Becky Fuller can arrange it. Let's do it. All right, Manisha, have a fabulous day. It's been my pleasure getting to know you. Um, And by the way, I do know ServiceNow very well. In fact, I know some people who work there and what great work that you do. I also know a couple of folks at Microsoft in Seattle, um, but it's such a big company. I dare not even ask if you know these people, (laughs) you probably don't. Um, But, you know, in our follow-up conversation, maybe we'll connect and connect each other to other people and some of those people be in my network. All right, Manisha, have a great day. And thank you for being my guest today. You too. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. You bet. It is fun, isn't it? Bye everybody. And thank you for listening in. Have a very happy holiday season.